Hello, hello, and welcome to another Toon Network match report with me, Adam. It's another defeat for Newcastle United at the hands of Marco Silva's Watford, who were very impressive, um, it must be said, but it was a pretty, pretty bad day at the office uh, for Newcastle United. It's yet another defeat on the bounce, and... Look, we've all people who were there saw what happened. People who might have seen it on the highlights or much of the day or whatever might have seen what happened. But I want to try and go through now possible reasons for such a heavy defeat and the manner of the defeat, which is probably the most disappointing uh, yesterday. I'm recording this on Sunday. What happened? Why did it happen? And is there any kind of hope moving forward that we can learn from the mistakes that we made? Let's hope so. But anyway, let's let let let's start from the start. Rafa went for another four four two, which, as I've mentioned in previous match reports, I was quite encouraged with because I thought it made us a lot more assertive. We saw in the first half against Bournemouth, very assertive, lots of chances created, very unlucky not to go um, into half time ahead. Against Man United, yes, we ended up on the the wrong side of a pasting. But in the first half, we played exceptionally well, particularly that first half hour. We were very assertive on the front foot, and we tried to catch them off guard with those two up front. And Hossler and Gale seemed to have, you know, a bit of affinity together. The, the, you know, the classic big man, little man. And so we went with the same thing at home. Now Watford, as much as they've had a very, very impressive uh, season so far, I thought. You know what? They're not completely infallible. You know they're, they're they're still beatable. It's still Watford. Marco Silva is doing some fantastic things with um, you know quite a quite a, a new bunch of players really, and they're exceeding all expectations, bigger than the sum of the parts. Sounds familiar, doesn't it, uh, with Rafa Benitez? But he hasn't been able to get the most out of his parts. Uh, his moving parts uh, over the last few games, it really hasn't been going well for Newcastle. And I mean, the first, so the first, the first reason I guess why we might have lost yesterday is that Watford simply played very, very well. They they dominated the game, and they really made it difficult for us to get a foothold in the game. Whereas against Bournemouth. In the first half, we dominated, we created lots of chances. We weren't seeing any of that against Watford. They absolutely didn't let us play. Not at all. Um, and they spotted a weakness for us. And for whatever it was, we couldn't handle the wing-backs. Um, this Ziegler, Marvin Ziegler, on the left on the left, left wing-back position, for me, he was their man of the match. Because... Absolutely everything came down him. Now, the first goal, there seemed to be a mix-up between Richie and Yedlin about who was supposed to be marking the wing-back. Now, again, that's kind of a clash of two different systems. Whereas you've got a, you've got Yedlin here, you've got Richie there, but actually Ziegler's position, because he's a wing-back, he's sort of somewhere in between. So who picks him up? It didn't look like... It didn't look like... Either of them knew who it was supposed to be. Now, I'd probably wager it was it was likely to be Yedlin. And Richie certainly seemed to feel that way, and they both had an argument. But 
Then we had another scare after that, so we went one nil down. He's Ziegler's cross for Will Hughes, who, who had a great game last last week as well, and he's just tucked it away in the corner across Rob Elliott. Didn't get closed down. But then Ziegler's down the left again, and there's another scare, and it and and then they're screaming at each other again, and it's like, come on, once bitten, twice shy, guys. If it's happened once and we've conceded, don't let it happen again. Then what happens before half time? Same thing happens again. He's left completely on his own. Yedlin's racing in to try and close down the close down the ball. It's deflected off Yedlin. It's gone in two 0 and that was right on the stroke of half time. And that's an awful, awful time to to concede, as we all know. It happened against Man United. Had uh, I think it was Phil Jones who scored just before half time. Uh, Smalling, sorry, it was Smalling. And had had that not gone in. 1-1's a very different team talk. Likewise, 1-0 down at home is bad enough, but 2-0 down and, and, and a half where you haven't really created anything going forward, confidence is going to be low and people are going to be pointing fingers and I don't know what went wrong there. I don't know why... Look, we know Yedlin is limited in his defensive capabilities but usually he has the pace to kind of rectify that but it seems to be the last few games his positional play you know like it's Burnley is he you know Martial rose above him for the for the for the equaliser against Man United I'm not saying he needs to be beating Martial from a standard position that was difficult but he just seems to have been involved in a lot of our uh goals conceded recently and I'm not pointing the finger because I, I, I really rate Yedlin's work ethic a lot and I think he adheres to a lot of um, Rafa Benitez's tactical instructions but there was just something going on there down their left hand side our right that twice we just didn't we just didn't we didn't address at all and even in the second half we didn't address that in the second half and they were just they were loving life down that left-hand side. You got Richarlison coming off from, you know, essentially playing up front, but he was kind of coming coming across using the the, the channels uh, with uh, Ziegler, and they, they they were running the show. They were having a lovely time, and it just seemed to me that nothing was changed at half time, personnel-wise. Tactical instructions may have changed, but we we don't know that. We don't know what was said. And nothing seemed to change for the, for the first sort of 15, 20 minutes. And we, we were pressing them into a corner. And we, we were on the attack and they got us on a, another counter-attack. And guess what? Down the left-hand side. So they've played, their defenders are playing like flicking up the ball over our heads, passing triangle, 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 and they're away. Down the left-hand side. They're just cutting through so easily. Cross and and, and they've stuck it in for 3-0. For and it, and, and, and it was an absolute shambles and a far cry from this defensive discipline that we've that we've seen over the last few games. Um, and even when, and I mean that even when we've been beaten, and I mean that even against Man United to an extent. I think, I think the first half we were pretty steadfast against what was a very superior side. And even though yes, we conceded, and then we can—I mean, we fell apart in the second half. That's maybe slightly different, but performance-wise, first half, yeah, we we were two-one down, but we could have easily, you know, I, I don't think Man United 
were worth 2-1 going into half-time. I think they were worth 4-1 by the end because we were awful in the second half. But I think we were beaten by just talent, you know, just superior talent that we couldn't that we couldn't contend with. Um, you know, when you bring Pogba comes in, you, you bring Ibrahimovic off the bench. You know, we can't, we, we don't compete with that. We're, 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 we're starting with a £5 million Stoke reserve, essentially. Uh, he wasn't getting a game at Stoke, Hosselu. So, and the, you know, for that third goal for me, for against, for Watford, it, they were just absolutely, they were making fun of us. The way they just, it was, it was, it was ex exhibition stuff for them and they've and then gone on another effective counter-attack break. Now, Lascelles hasn't played the last two games. Yes, he came off halfway through the Bournemouth game, but the last two full games, Lascelles hasn't been there. So, we conceded seven. Before that, we were losing one nils. Uh, so, it, it's largely sort of one nils that we've been losing. So, why, why are we suddenly leaking when... when and, and we're, we're talking about the only change is Kieran Clark in for... In for Lascelles, that that's that's the only change we're seeing. So you've got to think. So, so that's that's one thing that the Lascelles absence. The other absence that we had yesterday was a lack of a defensive midfielder. Diarmi was brought in. I speculated on the on the last on the last match report that we might see Save come in because he's more of a specialist defensive midfielder. If Marino wasn't going to be fit enough to start, which he wasn't, and I think clearly Rafa Benitez didn't want to really play him at all yesterday because he, I mean, he was reluctant to kind of change things up, bring him on, um, even when things there was no, there's no sort of um, obvious improvement in in the first 15 minutes of this of the second half. I thought the, the change should have been made faster or quicker or. But I, I think he just absolutely didn't want to risk bringing Marino on and Marino to be out for another month, six weeks, whatever. So I think that was in the back of Rafa's, Rafa Benitez's mind as well. But when you have Mo Diame essentially having to just... I mean, he's just a lump. He, he's a player that you have to play around and get past. He can get his legs in the way, but he's not a defensive midfielder. And to be honest, this comes down to squad depth, doesn't it? And it comes down to Hayden suspended, Marino is injured... And Marino makes a lot of blocks um, and interceptions and tackles, despite you might think he's just a simply a deep line playmaker. So luck comes into it a bit there with the suspension and the injury to two quite important players for us. But the fact that we haven't got another defensive midfield—I mean, you look at Jack Holback, who's been sort of exiled, really. Mo Diarmi, I don't think is fantastic. I don't—I I can't remember the last good game Mo Diarmi had for us. Probably uh, first half of the championship season, I'd imagine. But he, he, for me, he's—I don't think he's he, well. He's—he's he's not Premier League quality for me, Mo Diarmi. He's not. And maybe he was being asked to play a role that he's not used to yesterday. But we—that's another reason why we were possibly very exposed. And interceptions and blocks and ground covered that we probably take for granted from the likes of Hayden. We were missing yesterday. It was clear. It was clear to see we were missing that. So there's 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 two absent there's two key absentees from our starting lineup that I think might have affected it. I mean, obviously the other reason is that Newcastle just played absolutely awfully. You know, as as much as it's noble 
you know, losing a goal, losing a game by one goal, what, you know, it could have gone either way and at least you can take a lot of positives from that. I wonder whether the second half at Old Trafford and just an absolute lack of confidence in the, in the Watford game just meant we, we, we crumbled, we, we, we lost our heads, we, we, and we lost our heads in the second half at Old Trafford, we really, really did. And whereas at half-time, you expect us to sort of maybe be a bit more disciplined and it was only 2-1 at the time and we just sort of maybe try and catch them on the break again. We didn't, we went gung-ho and we got caught on the break and they absolutely destroyed us with a couple of uh, counter-attacking goals in the, in the second half Man United. And Watford, that was the same, except we just didn't show anything. Uh, you know, as much as the, the defence were culpable for, 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 for being so porous in the, against Watford, you know, the rest of the team weren't really coming up with many goal-scoring chances themselves or really, really lacking in that department. So I think Watford have played fantastic, uh, fantastically. Newcastle have played awfully, and I think the two things have, you know, heightened each other, and that's why the, 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 the you know, the scoring gap was so vast in 3-0 away. They've played an absolute blinder. The other thing to talk about is the 4-4-2. Rafa Benitez likes to talk about this blanket, okay? So our blanket, because of the, the, you know, the lack of money that we've got, well, the lack of value in our, in our squad, you've got the blanket and you can only cover so much. So for most of the start of the season, he was covering the blanket towards defence. He was making sure that the defence was solid, which the compromise was that what didn't get coverage from the blanket, this is the analogy Rafa Benitez likes to use, we were creating and scoring very little, okay? So with the 4-4-2, it's a bit more of an assertive formation. You've got an extra man up front. And I guess, you know, yesterday we weren't playing with any defensive midfielders. So, by playing an extra, by playing an extra man up front, whereas Perez or whoever would play a number 10 role in the 4-2-3-1, and he would run around and he would do a lot of def you know do a lot of that work but he would be sitting deeper which would give us a slightly better defensive shape with two up top you don't get that and that's the compromise and this is the blanket that Rafa Benitez talks about you cover the defense this the, the, the basically the final third suffers the attack suffers in this case he's trying to put more up top so he's covering more of the attacking third but that leaves midfield and the defence exposed. So, because we don't, we haven't spent that much in the last few seasons, because Mike Ashley's spending policy has been um, minimal at best, we've got a very small blanket. So we can't cover all bases at once. Man City, on the other hand, have a king-sized uh, double quilt, right? <laughs> Top to bottom, they've got attack covered, They've got midfield sorted and they've got defence sorted as well. They're, they're, they're covering the whole lot and that's because they have more resource because they have a bigger blanket than we do. We've got a much smaller blanket and, 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 and so areas get compromised and, we, and we, 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 can only, <laughs> we can only manage so much. And this is the, the analogy that Rafa Benitez uses um, a lot and I think that really saw... It's a tricky one because he's tried and he's tried a, a different strategy, a different tactic to help 
with the lack of chances that we're creating, but maybe a perfect storm of missing key players like Hayden, Marino and Lascelles means that we would just didn't have the quality at the back and we were more exposed than we otherwise would have been. So that's that's another reason. And uh, and while we're on the 4-4-2, while we're on the Hosselu, it's been splitting opinion um, on social media and it's as it probably has done all all season so far. I appreciate Hosselu's work rate. I understand how I certainly understood how he how he fitted into the 4-2-3-1. He's a better target man than Gale and he's more mobile than Mitrovic. So when there's one up front, I absolutely understood Hosselu being in that side, even though probably from after the Stoke game, he had a few chances in the Stoke game that he scuppered. After that, I can't really remember Hosselu having too many chances in any game that we've played since. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, even the fact that this getting shots on target thing, he, he hasn't even been able to get any shots away. Now, Alexander Mitrovic, love him or hate him, or there might be a few people who just think, eh. <laughs> somewhere in the middle. He seemed far more of a goal threat in his 25 minutes from coming on than Hosselu has probably in the last four games combined. He managed to get a couple of shots on target, Mitrovic. One was blocked amazingly uh, by one of, their, one of their defenders. Obviously, at that point, it was kind of futile anyway. It was more just for saving face, for, for, for morale to try and get us a goal. It'd lift the crowd. But the game was gone by then. But Mitrovic, you can't fault it. He's got a hunger. And one of the first things I saw when he came, when he came on, he received the ball. And was a, there was a defender next to him, and he just shoved. He just shoved him away. Used his strength really well, and he and he and he brought and he brought the ball out. Now it's that aggression that I think Hosselu misses. I don't think I don't think Hosselu would put his head where most would only put their foot. Whereas Mitrovic, I think he's he he, he will get a kick in, and he knows he's going to get a kick in, and he doesn't mind getting a kick in. He's just a, he's a harder lad, basically, and I just wonder whether we're missing a bit of bit of nasty up front. I I, I appreciate that Mitrovic's problems centre around his discipline and maybe his lack of tactical, being unable to follow tactical instruction. They, they, these are probably the the main reasons why he's not getting a look in in Rafa Benitez as Newcastle United. But there comes a point where a player performs that poorly consistently that it's not working and you've got to take him out of the team even if it's just for a game to give him a kick up the arse to then put him back in and hopefully it'll just refresh it and reboot it's what's happened to Perez at the minute Perez has been dropped for Gale because Perez wasn't offering enough in terms of creating chances scoring goals Gale rewarded Rafa Benitez for his selection against Man United he didn't really look like scoring against Watford, although neither of them did, and we, maybe we just didn't create the chances to either. But Mitrovic at least had a couple of shots, and I, I, you just think, well, how poorly does Hosselu have to play before Mitrovic gets a start? Because we can't do any. The thing is, 
you stick Hostley up front against West Brom, we probably know he's not going to get a shot on target based on the last four games. So why not mix it up? This is for Rafa Benitez to, de de to determine, obviously. We're just mere mortal fans. We don't know intricacies about tactics and about players individually, but love him or hate him, he's got to be worth a shot because we need to try something different because what we're doing at the minute isn't working. Whether that's maybe we revert back to the 4-2-3-1, maybe we persist with the 4-4-2 but try new personnel, I don't know, but that the 4-4-2 and the Hosselu, not sure, really not sure. Um, whatever, whatever's going on in that lad's head, he hasn't got confidence and strikers need confidence. At least Mitrovic has scored a few this season, even if it has been for the international side, you know. But I, I mean, I want to pick out probably our player of, of the match yesterday, which was uh, Jacob Murphy. I thought he was, I really thought he was excellent. I, I probably genuinely think he was our best player. I think he made a lot, and I think he was very unlucky to be brought off. I think Richie should probably should have been taken off because um, Murphy looked like he was making things happen after the battering you know he'd received from a few sub appearances. He showed up against Man United again. <laughs> it's a difficult place to make any kind of impact at the best of times, but he had a couple of decent shots and he got involved a bit more, which would have got his confidence up a bit. And I thought he really was really assertive and proactive yesterday and he wanted to make things happen, he wanted to get involved and he had the, you know, he was bold, he had the, he had the balls to try and make things happen and little one-twos and shots and he just, he looked dangerous, Murphy, and maybe we're seeing why we've spent like 10 million, whatever on him, uh, 10, 12 million, which at the minute we haven't, you know, we haven't really seen that. So I'm, I'm hoping he gets a bit more chance he might probably have to with with that two still at the side but i thought murphy was a was a bright spark yesterday and i i think he should be given the credit especially when he has played well given maybe a lot of criticism that he's faced possibly unfairly given that he's only had 10 minutes here five minutes there to impress which is very very difficult for any player to make an impact in that short space of time so <laughs> Without Lascelles, we seem exposed too easy, and without a defensive midfielder, we're down. Um, we're down the table now. We're down currently in the fourteenth on fourteen points, but we're still ahead of Stoke, Everton, West Brom, West Ham, Swansea, and Crystal Palace. But we're only four points off the relegation zone now. Given how poor our form has been recently. Um, that's quite remarkable that we're still that I mean that shows how much poorly uh, how more poorly a lot of the other Premier League sides are doing but we're going to need to get some points on the board I don't know how we're going to do it I don't know if that as I said I don't know if it's going to be a 4-4-2 if it's going to be a 4-2-3-1 if we shift a few personnel around give other people a chance does Aaron's come, come into the fold does Mitrovic come into the fold do... Is, does James come in uh, for, for Yedlin or Manquillo or whoever? Is that working? Dummett might come back from injury. He's close. So we, we have got a few players to come back. But there's definitely there's, there's so much work to be done. And quite, you know, 
quite understandably a lot of fans are getting very agitated, nervous, all of this while the takeover bid's coming on and you know there's 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 caveats and conditions in potential bids that that have been rejected which have to do with relegation. The closer it gets to January, the more complex this this takeover deal might become because ultimately we need to strengthen in January, no question. We need to get bodies in. Luke Shaw's been another one that's been um, mooted in the rumour mills uh, this weekend. But we need bodies in, whether it's on loan or however, but we need more quality and more strength and depth. We need we need a finisher, basically. We need someone who's going to get the goals, who can get us maybe seven, eight goals in the second half of the season that might just get us a few wins. We just need to remain in the division this season. It's all we need to do, but it gets more complex if the takeover isn't going to be complete in time or doesn't get completed at all and collapses. There's a big what if then. And the big what if is, does Benitez stay? Does Ashley try and sell it to somebody else? Will he give us funds that we need anyway? Because he knows that the value of the club, if he does want to get out, which it looks like he does, the value of the club dictated by Premier League status or not. So that's critical. But I have faith in Rafa Benitez. He's a defensively minded coach who has won a lot of silverware based on his strategies and his talent. And if there's one manager that we've had in the last 10 years who's going to get battered twice in a week and take positives and learn from it. It's going to be Rafa Benitez. He's the one. Think of the other, the other managers that we've had, the other head coaches that we've had. They would not learn from mistakes. They wouldn't. So Rafa Benitez is our best chance of doing that. And we, we will turn it around. We will, because we have to. We really have to. But yes, <laughs> I think... I think we're all hurting at the minute. It's a really, really frustrating time to be a Newcastle fan, but we might be on the brink of something incredible if this takeover goes through. But, as Rafa Benitez has said, he just needs to focus him and his players' minds on the next game and the next game and the next game. Short-term, short-term, short-term. Let's not think about January. Let's not think about the takeover. It's West Brom next, and they're without a manager at the minute. Alan Pardew might be coming in for West Brom, which would... I mean, you can only imagine the irony that Pardew turns us over as well. We we don't want that to happen. We want them to be in disarray. And we want to maybe... You know, a, even a draw would stop the rot at West Brom. A win would be unbelievable. It would be a huge three points. But even a draw, I think, would at least... You know, it would just give us a bit of confidence again and a bit of belief. And a lot of our players do play on confidence and we need that to show. But I think we need some aggression. I really do. I think we just need to be a bit nastier going forward. Um, so Tuesday at uh, West Brom, that's the next game. You'll be seeing a video straight after that. Hopefully it won't be a rant. Hopefully I'll be 
bouncing off the walls, celebrating like the rest of you. But until then, we can only hope to learn from the mistakes of the last couple of weeks, in fact, and hope that a few of the injured players get back soon enough. Thanks very much for watching. Sorry it wasn't uh, better news. I haven't even seen Match of the Day yet because I hate watching Match of the Day when Newcastle lose. It's, it's, I just have to turn out. It's horrible. So, thanks for watching. Subscribe on YouTube. We're on iTunes and SoundCloud as well. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. I've been Adam of the Toon Network. This has been another Match Report. Not the one we wanted, not the result we wanted, but West Brom next. Come on, how are the lads? Three points. See you later. Bye-zee-bye. -bye.